Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. From a frigid saddle dome in Calgary on a not particularly nice day, my ad. Uh, Bob Stoffer joining you. We're going to go extended hour today. Go to 3 o'clock, noon to 3 on game days. Round 2, Battle of Alberta. It's time to hear from you. That's right, your chance to chime in. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. And text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Did you enjoy game one? Or is it too hard if you're an Oilers fan to have seen what transpired? Because from a purely theatrical perspective, it was a fun hockey game. And conversely, have you lost a little bit of faith, or do you think it was just one game? 780-496-0063. We dropped the puck with Alex on line number one. Hi, Alex. Did we lose Alex? But I was traumatized by game one. I think I still am. <laughs> you were traumatized by game one. <laughs> The only thing that would have been better, Bob, is if Edmonton found a way to win that bloody game and the fans of Calgary would have been traumatized. (laughs) There's no, like, I can tell you, when they tied it at 6-6, it was silent for about 30 seconds. But the problem was they tilted the ice right after. And and that's one of the things, like, and I I know you listen to the show. I've mentioned this before. If I'm coaching against Edmonton, I'm hard-pressed for checking the orders. That's how I would coach against Edmonton. Now, Todd McClellan will tell you, he didn't have the personnel in L.A. He could not expose his defense, given that they had it, like, their whole right side of their defense were playing their first NHL playoff games. They didn't have Doughty and they didn't have Walker, and they couldn't play the way they wanted to play. So, you know, that's well, I mean that's one man's opinion, but for what it's worth, I thought that'd be interesting. You know, I got an opinion about it too, and uh, I mean, I'm wondering if Edmonton can handle the moment. I mean, I tell you, how many times in game uh, in L.A.? Five out of the seven games they started off slow, and then the first game was just absolutely horrendous, and then their power play, Bob, it was awful. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and and again, the Kings started exerting more pressure on Edmonton as uh, the series went on. Calgary specifically went after Nugent Hopkins and Barry. When the puck got moved to the left side hash boards, they overloaded and tried to create some turnovers there. Uh, Great point by the the Flames have a good penalty. They they limited Dallas got nothing. Dallas lost momentum in the series on their power play play. I thought Edmonton would be better. The owners weren't sharp. They weren't ready to go. They weren't snapping it around. And they lost momentum on all four power plays. When the game was tied 6-6, exactly. Calgary was up in the special teams battles. I know the shots were 2-1 to one for oh. the owners, but it was if they had done a better job in the power play, it might have you know changed the course or altered the direction of the game, and they didn't do that. Well, that was what was so mad. And I'm sitting in my living room, and me and my wife were looking at each other. We're going, what is happening here? Yeah. We're just like we're going, you know, and so that was hugely frustrating. But, All right. Uh, 
Can they okay, win the I'll series? Let Bob, I'll let someone else get on the air. All right. You bet. 780-496-0063. That's the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Uh, Brendan, are we going to Ron next? We sure are. Let's go to Ron. You're up next. Ron, you there? Hey. Yes, sir. Um, I wouldn't say traumatized. I was dramatized. What a great game. It was just so fun. Now, uh, this se- Keep going. This season, I've noticed early in the season, Connor developed this little head fake thing where he would go back and forth, back and forth, confuse the guy. And then I've noticed other players kind of copy him. Well, in the last three games that you've mentioned, I've seen a little maneuver that I've never seen from anybody else. And it's I'm calling it the top gun maneuver. The top when, gun maneuver. Uh, yeah, Maverick is flying, and he slams on the brakes and lets the jet that's chasing him go by, and he shoots him from behind. So here's Connor. I've never seen a player stop and start on a dime and twist and turn, and I don't think anybody can duplicate that. He is the most special player. Yeah, he's the most advanced player we've ever seen. I mean, I think you mentioned that 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 I mean, think back to the Anaheim series. Edmonton fell behind. Remember, they won the first two games in Anaheim. They returned home and the Ducks came out storming. And they they were they were up three nothing. The Oilers rallied in the second period, and McDavid made a move on Sammy Votnin, and he froze him. And he curled up the half boards and stopped, and he ended up skating right past him. And then he ripped one home. I'll never forget. Forget what uh, Chris Knobloch, the head coach of the Erie Otters, told me at the 2015 draft. He said, "Stoff, you're going to see McDavid do something in year four or five, and you're going to say, I've never seen that. That's what this guy does. He's never stopping working on it. All right, thanks for the call. Okay, Ron? Awesome stuff. Let's go to Big Bad Joe on line number three. Big Bad Joe, you're on the air. Do we have Big Bad Joe? Yeah, you do. All right. Yeah. Do you hear me? Uh, we got you. Go for it. Yeah, man. I was shell shocked on uh, on the first game. I was the one who said, you know, the always take it at four one based on the game uh, from Saturday. But what I noticed in the game was fun. The forwards were playing up too high. They played. There was the gap between the defense and the forwards was too big. If they solve that, the all is going to be okay. Though they're going to win the series. All right. That's now it. I'd. I, I, I'm going to guess you're probably a fan of European football. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. If, he, if, your... I, would be Bud, if I would be Woodcroft, I would play 2-1-2. <laughs> because then you clock up, then you have the extra guy on the middle, and when you break out, you have options to work to put the park. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Big Bad Joe. Thanks for the call. 780 Yep, you bet. Let's go to, we're going to go to Harold on line number four. Hi, Harold. How you doing? Uh, pretty good, Bob. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, and you're doing an excellent job. And you got a little bit of extension work for yourself, kind yep. of for you. <laughs> it's uh, all good. Real quick, uh, I, I apologize. I didn't listen to the show earlier in the week, but uh, what do you think if they hadn't had those two? I think Edmonton would have did would have did it for them if they hadn't had those quick two. Uh, oh, you think the owners would have been fine in game one? 
I uh, think so because like when they when they tied it at six six, that would have been like six four if they hadn't had those. those <laughs> wow, well, I think the team I think the team was in shell shock after the first goal. To be honest with you, uh, it is interesting. They had a little bit of illness running through the team. They had some. They've had some injuries. So McDavid, obvious, or Drysaddle and Nurse, you know, missed some practices, and then Kane and Nugent Hopkins missed some practices. I don't think like Everton's got speed. They didn't show it in that first game. I'm not necessarily. Yeah, I'm not. You know, the problem is we'll never know. I mean, no, I was no. I, against this team. I just don't think you can chase that much. And they put themselves in position the last two times they've played here where they've been chasing a fair amount. That's correct. But anyway, I just thought I'd just throw that in there and uh, go or just go. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call, Harold. Let's go to Jonathan, who is calling from Warman, Saskatchewan. Hello, Jonathan. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Yourself, Bob? Good. That's good. Um, wow, like I actually wasn't even able to watch the game. Like I've been living in Saskatchewan for 20 years now, so when I'm at home, usually I can watch the game. But I was stuck in a commercial truck that night, and I was just completely shell shocked after the first two goals. And when I heard, like I was listening to you guys streaming, you guys online. Yeah. So, and once again, like I've said many times to the people that don't listen to you guys, they should actually give you guys a chance to listen because you guys are more critical of the Oilers than what you have to be on TV, and I absolutely love listening to that. But when I heard the Oilers went up 6-6, or tied the game at 6-6, I was just in complete shock. I was in, hey, I'm broadcasting the teams. I couldn't believe. Here's the thing. It's not like, like, Edmonton had a game against Jonathan. They had a game against Colorado a number of years ago. Like, we're going back almost 10 years. And the Avs weren't very good in Edmonton. Dallas Akins was coaching the Oilers. The Oilers weren't great. And Edmonton fell behind 4-1, but they put up like 55 shots on goal. And they came back and won the game 6-4. And that was not a surprise to me because Colorado was giving up tons of shots on a game-by-game basis. What was so stunning the other night, Edmonton down 6-2 to make it 6-6, is the Flames were taking it to Edmonton. And the orders were scoring on plays. The two goals by Hyman, those were C-grade opportunities. He just put the puck on the net and they went in. Then a broken play and Drysaddle gets a partial breakaway down 6-5. And then the McDavid game tire. Or, I mean, David sets up Yamamoto for the game tire. There's one player in the world that can make that play off, off the... Uh, it was a quick little face-off play, and McDavid beat two guys, right? But that's what was crazy about 6-6. They, had, they really hadn't done that much to put themselves in a position to get to 6-6. That's what was shocking about it. The Flames were taken at Edmonton at every stretch, uh, stretch during that game, and that's what made it bizarro night and made great theater. Well, whatever happened, like, unfortunately, the outcome wasn't in our favor, but still, like, I even got a text from my son from my home here, and he was saying, Dad, this game is insane. It was an insane game. Thanks, Jonathan. Drive safely, all right? Yeah, I will. Thanks. Bye. 780-496-0063. So, uh, Jonathan, listening in Saskatchewan, we're going to go to Brett, who is calling us from Nanaimo. How you doing, Brett? I'm doing good, Bobby. How you doing? Good, man. What do you got? Listen, I just got one thing to say. Regardless of this outcome, Calgary's always going to be the little brother that can't come hang downstairs in the basement with the cool kids. They're always going to be the Shelbyville, the R. Springfield. I really don't care. Oilers in five. Let's go, baby. Play La Bamba. All right. Well, there you have it, Brett. Uh, winning fans and influence and friends all over the uh, uh, southern part of the province of Alberta. We go to Darren on line number six. Hello, Darren. How you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for taking the call. Yep. I was listening there earlier. There, there was the guy who was saying 
Connor McDavid can stop and pivot and shoot and score, and you, they said there was nobody else in the league that could do that. I love the Oilers, but don't forget about Kale McCarr. He did it in Chicago in overtime. He did the exact same move. He Kale McCarr? Yeah. Put it right in top corner over Flurry. Kale McCarr is a spectacular player. He is a oh, spectacular absolutely. player. Now, there's I, one thing I've never seen any other NHL player do that Connor's done is what he did to the Rangers. When he split them right up the center there, he went through four guys. Yeah, he's... NHL quality players, man. And he's got the puck in the net. Here, what's crazy about Connor is when you talk, and, and I'll be honest, I, I'm, I'm a little bit limited at home to talk, to get a chance to talk to opposition players, and rooms aren't open anymore. But in the past, when room, right, because what happens at home is I'm on the air when the teams get off the ice. So I'm not in the opposition room much anymore, right? But when we travel on the road, and we used to have access to the room, and, you know, usually there'd have to be a Western Canadian connection. You know, if a guy played in the dub or something, you'd go and talk to him. But the reverence, that's the word I use. The players have now, Calgary's going to come out and they're going to try to pound uh, Connor because they got to do that. But they, the players have reverence for how spectacularly gifted he is. They yeah. know they know how good. That's what's the crazy part about it. They know how good this guy is. They don't. Right. He's so he's such a physical freak on the ice that. And I, I and I'm going to guess that there's, they've started to have that feeling for Kale McCarr in the back end as well. Absolutely, I think it is. They don't know what to expect. They don't know to go back. They don't know to go forward. They they get confused, and by then he's gone. Right. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for the call, Darren. All right. Go oil. I got a full board here. It's one for. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 48, I got to take a quick timeout. I got Brian, Mean Gene, Harry, and Coach Al still coming. You're listening to Oilers now. All right, it is 151 in Edmonton. Let's go to the Oilers Now Injury Report. Brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitments, unrivaled results. And we're going to combine it with the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ben says, Bob, there's rumors around that Darnell Nurse needs core muscle surgery in the offseason. Can you confirm or deny this? I can't confirm it. I know where the report came from. It came from Frank Cervelli, who was on the road and uh, wrote a piece for Daily Faceoff today talking about the severity of the injuries to Leon Dreisaitl, who was not on the ice today for morning skate, and Darnell Nurse who was on the ice for morning skate today. And we will, uh, I mean, it's a distinct possibility may require surgery. Lots of players played through injury at this time. Tyson Berry did not skate today. Uh, could be an illness situation and uh, still a distinct possibility draws in tonight. We go to Brian, who's been patiently waiting uh, on the line. Uh, Brian, how are you doing? You're on Oilers now. Hey, Bob. Good show. I always enjoy listening to you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> 
had a uh, just a comment to make and a question. Uh, the last regular season game the Oilers played uh, Calgary, 9-5, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, and then I'll just bring it to the last game where McDavid was hit a number of times and guys were getting in his face. Never saw anyone come near Goudreau in that last regular season game. And this last game, I didn't see a lot of the game. But uh, if, if that was the case as well, why, is, why, is, uh, why, why isn't the coach uh, setting somebody after him to disrupt Cause, that line? Because that, Goudreau? okay. Uh, and and here's here's my theory. You don't have to agree with me. My theory is that we have a different generation of players. Uh, you can't just say, "Hey, dude, go over there and go stick Johnny Goodrow or cross." But you can say you can use euphemism talk and talk about making things difficult on their top players. But the Oilers have, a, a, and I know D- Daryl Sutter talked about the Oilers D being more experienced. But the Oilers have younger forwards, and they don't have forwards that necessarily have those sort of intangibles. And, and we can debate the merit. There were some decisions that were made. There were some guys, replacement level players that were given, a, you know, two-year term deals from the Oilers that are not part of these playoffs right now. And I am of the belief that you have to do something as a player. Either you score or you're tough or you're an excellent face-off guy or a great checker. You can't just be just a guy. And so I think Edmonton doesn't necessarily – the Oilers have a younger team. They've got some younger forwards that have not grown up in the game. You and me, I, I grew up – like I played against Todd Ewan growing up, okay? He was the best player that St. Albert had when I was growing up. He was also so tough that by the time he went to the National Hockey League, he dropped Bob Probert once in a fight. But there were guys – when we'd play St. Albert, they'd have 15 guys that would run us. Because that's how the game was played. We knew that. And they'd beat us 8 or 9-2 and steal our lunch money, too. You know, and it's just a different generation of players. And Calgary's got guys that are more willing and more capable of physically doing that. So what about Zach Cassian? Why couldn't he He's got to be more involved. He's got to be more involved. He's supposed to be one of the guys. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Thank you. Okay. Yep, you bet, Brian. Let's go to Mean Gene on... uh, Line number, well, I don't know what number he's on, but me, Gene, how you doing? Hey, doing pretty good, Bob. How you doing? Good. Big fan of the show. Thank you. Hey, what I had you? to call in here and give a bit of insight uh, for Oiler Nation. I was at the game the other night. Yeah. Game one. And I got to say, that's got to be a tough barn to play in because <laughs> before the puck even dropped, that building wanted to explode. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got to give the insight because uh, I felt for Smitty before the puck even dropped. The crowd was just screaming at him. They here's here's my theory on the difference between Calgary and Edmonton. The Oilers fan base is bigger. The TV numbers are better. You know, the Twitter followers, it's double in Edmonton what it is for Calgary. It's not because we're better than the guys. It's just that's the fan base. But I think the hatred for Edmonton in Calgary is greater than the hatred for Calgary at Edmonton. I genuinely, because the Oilers have had greater success as an organization and the Oilers have had Gretzky and they've had McDavid. What do you think? Do you think I'm out to lunch or do you think I'm on to something? Well, I'll tell you something. That's an older, that's an older rink, right? Yep. What do you think the lie angle is on those seats? Like that, the seats are steep, you know, yeah. and you're closer to the rink, and they're, they're on you. More of an opportunity to 
to to have the players, the goalies hear you. Like I was shaking in my boots, sitting in the crowd. I couldn't imagine. I was Did you have an Oilers jersey on? Hell yeah! <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, you know when it went from five one to six six, the emotions, Bob. We were up dancing, laughing at the Calgary fans. And then I got three quick ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, the, the beer started falling on us somehow, some way. We didn't want to look back, though. All right. Well, good for you. Hey, I got to get at least one more in, so thanks for the call, okay? Uh, Coach L, you're going to get last word in this Iraq. Uh, you got about a minute. Go for it, Coach L. Hey, Bob. Good show, you guys. Good to thanks. call in. Okay, so 6-6 six, six tie. All of a sudden, the order stopped. Um, didn't stop. Know. Didn't stop. I don't think they ever got started. They were lucky to be at 6-6. Six, six. Calgary just kept on coming. Yeah, but they were. They start the game two nothing. You yeah. know, like give, give it, did that. They came back, and I thought they were really doing well. Then the then there was the intermission, and then they came back, and then you know, kind of like they just kind of. I think maybe inexperienced with some players, and I thought they did fairly well. But you know what? As a coach, you go into it, and you you're coaching already two games, Calgary, two games, orders tied. Go into uh, Calgary again. You got to coach that way too. You got to think about the games. All right. Thanks, Coach Al. Thanks a lot for the call. Thank you to everybody that participated in the uh, interactive segment. Uh, and now you are it's great because people are participating in terms of uh, talking about uh, the callers. And uh, somebody said, Bob, I think Mean Gene's ready to go already for tonight's game as well. It's going to be a kicker. Late start, 8.40, like 8.45-ish. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Belt, Mark Spector, and Kevin Lowe. Still to come on orders now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.